This week's creative chat is hosted by Phil Yu. Please enjoy. Welcome to everybody who's watching this. Um, we are doing a Q&A for the feature film Lucky Grandma, which is available right now in virtual cinemas. My name is Phil Yu. I run a blog called Angry Asian Man. And, uh, yes, a- that's what I said. What? John <laughs> <laughs> And uh, <laughs> That's what she said. That's she did what say she said. Yeah. We all heard it, yeah. Um, and I, uh, so this is for Lucky Grandma, and I'm a big fan of Lucky Grandma. So um, it's my pleasure to conduct this fun conversation we're going to have with the cast and crew of Lucky Grandma. So let me do a couple uh, quick introductions so we can get on with it. Um, uh, we, so we have the director and co-writer of Lucky Grandma, Stacey Seeley. Say hi. Hi. Uh, we have the co-writer... Angela Chang. Hi. Hello. Uh, from the cast, we have, let me see, I'm going to go in order of how it appears on my screen. We have, uh, uh, we have Wai Ching Ho, who plays Lele, the fortune teller. Hello. Hello. We have, uh, let's see, we have Clem Chung, who plays Benny Ng. Hi there. Uh, we've got, let's see, we got Michael Toe, who plays Little Handsome. Yay. Uh, Woody Fu, who plays Pockmark. <laughs> and then we have Yan Shi, who plays Sister Fong. Hello, Yan. Um, so the movie's been out since um, fr- Friday. Yeah, Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people have been watching it in virtual cinemas, and it's been really cool to see the reactions. Um, obviously, uh, you know, we wanted people, you know, you wanted people to see this in the theater, but, you know, circa the world being what it is right now, uh, we have a different way of watching it, which um, the reactions that I've been seeing online have been very positive. Um, and of course, um, the person who is missing from our cast is the legendary Tsai Chin, who plays Lucky, who plays Grandma. Um, so let's start there, actually. Um, um, you know, if you walk around Chinatown, you walk around Chinatown and you see all the people who live there, walk around their shop and everything. I would, I think the last person I think would be the sort of center of a crime gangster caper would be a grandma, right? Like, <laughs> like the, the innumerable grandmas who walk around Chinatown, but your movie, Stacey, um, centers, puts, you know, centers grandma and makes this really unusual, but really cool different setup for a Chinatown gangster story. What was the, what was the genesis of this story? Like, what put that idea in your head? Uh, well, I mean, it all starts with the Chinatown bus. I feel like I've told this story a million times now, but, you know, I'm a big fan. I used to take them all the time to Boston or D.C. or to the casino. Sometimes I used to like to go to the casino. Uh, and those buses that leave uh, from New York to um, the local places like in Connecticut, uh, they leave at five or six o'clock in the evening and they come back at four in the morning. So they're really kind of party buses, really. <laughs> and uh, I was like the only person under 50 on this party bus, just me and a bunch of grandmas and aunties and grandpas and uncles. And so I kind of uh, had the initial kind of spark of the idea uh, of that scene from the bus and the bag falling in in grandma's lap. But you know, you walk, you walk around Chinatown, there's all these faces. They all have mysteries to them, right? Many lives behind those faces. <laughs> um, and so, I, 
you know, the, the movie is a real, it's a real love letter to Chinatown, I think. Um, there's that opening, mon- there's like a, a montage near the beginning of the movie where grandma's walking around and you see all the food and the people and the shopping and stuff like that. And it's really like, it's, it's a lot of energy. And, um, you know, this movie is, is, is coming out right now at a time where like Chinatown could use some love, honestly. Um, and it's really great to watch this movie and you see all the faces pop, like, you know, populating this very, what feels like a very lived in world. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about uh, sort of how you wanted to create this world of Chinatown or recreate or um, pay homage to the real Chinatown. Sure. Well, I mean, we definitely started, you know, I've always been kind of fascinated by Chinatown ever since I've moved to New York. Um, and, you know, we wanted to create something that was both an homage to the kind of place that Chinatown holds in our imagination and in cinema. You know, I feel like it has such a mystique in movies as this very sort of like exotic uh, place um, that's full of like mystery. Um, and in, in my mind, it had all that mystery and sort of charm too, but at the same time present it as authentic. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time and, and thought on trying to figure out a way to make it both true, uh, but still a little bit pushed. So, you know, we did research on the costumes, on all of the production design, uh, you know, basically photographs. Um, but we were also looking at how Chinatown was portrayed in different movies. And, you know, the idea of Chinatown is not just about Chinatown in New York. It's also sort of this idea that reoccurs in, in different cities. And so, you know, we were sort of trying to figure out a way to meld those together. And so I think, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we were successful in taking things that were true to life and that were real details and kind of distilling them to something that was really the essence of the place in a way and just a little bit pushed. Um, so that's what we really tried to do. And, and also with the casting and all that, like casting extras right out of Chinatown, like shooting in real locations, like all of that stuff, you know, you can't really, really replace um, at all. Yeah. Angela, you wanna maybe talk about that too, about writing the script? Yeah, I mean, I, so Stacey and I went to film school together and that's when I moved to New York City. And I feel like I, I just second her what she was saying about the Chinatown that lives in movies. I felt like um, I grew up watching things like Big Trouble in uh, Little China and stuff like that. And always felt like um, Chinatown could use some um, representation um, and so when Stacey came to me and pitched the idea to me, I not only saw grandma, um, because that particular grandma reminded me of so many of the women in my, in my life, but I also saw the opportunity to be able to dig into the mystery of New York's Chinatown as well, but also to capture some of the reality of it too. Um, can we talk about casting Sai Chin? Um, <laughs> she, I mean, like she is, I, I got, you know, we got to talk to her, um, last year about this movie and she, you know, she told, she's mentioned that she's never been in a movie where she's been in tons of movies, but she's never been in a movie where she was in every scene. I think yeah. basically in every scene. Yeah. And she's doing this at age, 
I don't know. I'm not 85, sure. 85. 85, right? She shot this when she shot that you this was she's 85. Um that is like it's it's hard enough to see an Asian woman, an Asian American woman in the movies who's in every scene of a movie, but one who is in her, you know, eighth decade. Um, that's incredible. Can you talk about casting her and what you had in mind when you originally envisioned the role and what she embodied when you cast her? Yeah, I mean so like when we were looking for grandma, you know, originally I was looking for someone younger because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to cast a nice 70 year old spry, <laughs> like young spring chicken. And then I'll just give them a little makeup. It'll be fine. Um, but, you know, I was really looking for somebody who embodied the spirit of what Angela and I had written on the page and hadn't been able to find it. Um, but, you know, Sai had always sort of, you know, been in our, the back of our minds and we were aware of her, but, you know, she's actually older than the character. Like the character is 80 and Sai was 85. And so, you know, I'd kind of written her off because of that. But um, a friend of mine was at a Q&A for Joy Luck Club, uh, the 25th anniversary screening um, in LA and uh, actually Milton, so you know Milton. He was, he was the one who was there and called me right after the screening and said, you know, I don't know. She seems pretty feisty to me. I think that, you know, you should meet her. You know, so I sent her the script and I flew out like 48 hours later. And, uh, you know, I pretty much knew as soon as I saw her. But four hours later, a couple bottles of wine later, it was, a, it was pretty much a done deal. She said that I made her an offer that she couldn't refuse because, you know, it's the lead. Um, and, you know, you don't, like you said, you don't really get a chance to do that very often. I think especially as like a, a female Asian actress. Um, you know, I, I'd be curious to hear like what Y and, and Yan have to say, but about this, but you know, for me, I really hope, I really hope that Sai gets attention for this because I think about how talented she is and the trajectory of her career and that she just didn't have the roles, you know, she just didn't have the chance like to really, to really be this. I mean, you know, she's so amazing. She was on stage, but then like, you know, she gets cast as a Bond girl, which is, don't get me wrong. It's very cool to be a Bond girl, but you know, I feel like, you know, she could have been like the Meryl Streep of her generation. Um, I don't know. I don't know if like you see things changing. I'd be just curious or like what kinds of opportunities for roles that you guys have seen in your careers and if that's changing at all. Do you mind if I ask why and Yan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> why and Yan? Yeah. <laughs> maybe you got, yeah. Well, maybe you could talk about that. I mean, like this is a rare, like, you know, the role of grandma is, is a rare, occasion where like an older Asian American woman is Asian woman is is front and center you know what I mean and so I can't imagine like that you know well I watch a lot of tv and movies so I know that that is not the case most of the time I mean maybe you could speak to a little bit about so the opportunities and what why this is sort of you know why this is so revolutionary it's such a strange and interesting and wonderful occasion you know well, I'm older than you, and so I'll speak up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's amazing that that Sai gets this um, amazing role. I mean, it's she was famous already in in Joyla Club, but that was quite, you know like 20, 20 years, twenty five years ago, something like that. And since then, she really did not really have 
uh, a consistent career, even though that kind of, you know, opened it up for her. Uh, of course, I knew she did, you know, a lot of stage work in London, you know, I really not didn't really, really follow it. But just to see her having this central role and such an amazing character at 85 and and she is so spry and so with it. It's, it's, you know, I just take my hat off to her. She's, um, and it's what an opportunity. Who gives us this kind of opportunity? And I have to admit, I was like, I turned 70 and I got <laughs> some good TV gigs as a villain, but never really that kind of central role. Um, and, and for even for that, I was very thankful. It, it just, you know, it's amazing to me. So I, in a way, it, I'm kind of hopeful that things are changing. We are no longer required to be young and beautiful, China doll. I mean, when I started out, that's, you know, there was no character actors required for, you know, for a 25 year old who started out. You're beautiful, you're a China doll and that's it. And as a result, I worked so little in film and, and TV. And thank God I, I had a stage career that sustained me. But something like this is really once in a lifetime. And I hope it opens the door for a lot of future older actresses, myself included. <laughs> yeah, you're too young. <laughs> anyway, that's my two cents worth. All right. Why? We'll write something for you next. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> the crazy yes. fortune teller. Leading, leading role at that. <laughs> what I feel like, I mean, I didn't uh, set out to be an actor. I had two doctor parents. So I uh, majored in computer science and was in IT for like seven years. And, but, you know, I was like, oh my God, is this the rest of my life? Me and my PC that, that, you know, it, it was very depressing. I was like this, I was completely lost until I was like, oh my God, acting is what I always want to do, but I know nobody in it. Um, I don't even know where to start. And I was living in the DC area at the time. And I saw this um, little, like on the Washington Post one day, there was a casting section. It was like only two things listed. It's like one said um, some, some like a, a role of any ethnicity or something. I'm like, I've never done this before. I, I will, I would just like show up. And I almost chickened out and I was like, I'm not going tonight. And then a friend of mine is like, but this is what you said you want to do, right? Let's go, let's go. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to meet you there. And so I auditioned. I completely sucked, I, I think. But it happens to be like, a, it's, a it's a Chinese young girl, um, you know, working in a restaurant in the 18th, uh, 1800s or something. And it's a uh, melodrama. It's actually very fun. And I auditioned. I completely sucked. Someone else was there with a full headshot and resume. I had nothing. And I think she was cast initially <laughs> and then, but she probably dropped out because the day before the first rehearsal start, um, I got a call from the director to say, are you still interested in the role? Um, you know, it starts tomorrow. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and that's like how I started. And I must say like, I was the DC theater community community was so welcoming. I felt like I actually 
uh, by doing, that was the only community theater I did. And then I got into these um, small professional theaters, like, you know, source theater or um, um, studio theater and things like that. And I had play roles that would be considered non-traditional casting now. Like I had was um, in a play, I played uh, Cassandra and Iphigenia and I had a white mother and a black father. So that was like, you know, revolutionary. What was that like almost like 20 years ago or something like that. And, and at that time you just don't see things happening like that, not even in the, not anywhere. And, and the amazing thing is it was played in this like church and it was a pretty big theater and it was packed all the time and nobody ever had an issue to say, I had trouble seeing that family on stage. Um, so that was, um, um, I think I, I felt very inclusive in that way. But um, then later on getting in TV and film, I feel like it's more, I started more like in commercials and that was kind of like it was the young mom or the doctor or the nurse, I was those things a lot. And uh, eventually with the auditioning, I was those things a lot too, or for like pharmacist and, Definitely, I'm the doctor look. So I was really grateful to be cast as Sister Fong. It's like one of the, like, my breakout moment. Like, I'm not playing the sort of stereotype, like the Asian uh, female my age that normally plays. And and she's powerful. And she's chain smoking, just like grandma. I feel like they're very similar. I don't know if that was intended, Sister yeah. Fong. And yeah. And grandma, they they are they are both go getters. They 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 set out a goal and they're gonna do whatever way um, they could achieve that goal. They will they will do it. Um, um, so yeah, and it was so fun to play um, someone that's really kind of far from me. <laughs> you know, speaking I, of those kinds of those kinds of roles that you. Look, I, 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 so I am guilty of being one of those people who I watch when I watch movies and TV, I'll just scour the screen, just be like, Asian, I think there's an Asian right there. <laughs> like just, you know, like randomly when you're like the back, you're a waiter or you're like just, you know, a nurse or something in the scene, right? And I've seen all of you in various roles, like sm small and character roles over the years, you know? Um, and so I, you know, when you know, and I've done that for probably all of you in some way, like, oh, look, that Asian, you know, like, um, it's so, but then when the entire movie is almost 100%, I think there's only like one white person in the whole movie, I think. Yeah, um, Arden. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, when it, the whole movie is cast with Asian, Asian American actors, it changes things. It changes the dynamic completely, right? You're not doing, you're not doing, yeah, you're not doing, you're the, not doing Asian the Asian spotting. spotting. And so, um, it, so I wonder if, if, if everybody, all the actors could speak to that, like, what is it like to inhabit this, you know, a, a world like this in film where you're not just being like inserted in as, as color or as a, you know, just a stock character, but you actually get to be a character, you know? I mean, like, you know, even like, we've seen people in, in Asian gangster roles, but like, I don't think, I don't think I've really seen really, get to people get to see like Asian gangsters played like this, like really play, you know, uh, I wonder if like any of you guys could speak to that. 
Sure. It's funny because when I when I watch Phil, I watch similar like you. I watch when I see I do Asian spotting. And so as an actor, on the flip side of that, when I know that it's Asian spotting is out there and I'm in a and I'm in a show or a movie and I'm the you know, one of the few Asian people on, on set, I, I have, it's a different feel. So I feel like there's a responsibility. I feel a lot, I, you know, there's a lot of, the dynamics are very different. And being on, on Stacey's set, that stuff is completely, I don't have, that whole part, half of me is, is completely washed away. And I don't have to worry about that. I'm just focusing on the character. I'm focusing on the story. And, and that, that Asian spotting feel is not, is not happening there. And that was, that, that, that's so refreshing to, to be in a, a, you know, a part of a team and a, and a crew and a cast uh, with, that, with that mindset. Yeah, uh, to jump on that, like the Asian spotting thing. So that's something I do all the time. Anytime, anytime I see an Asian on screen, I'll do this with whoever I'm watching TV with, which, is an AP and it stands for Asian pride. And I literally just like, <laughs> like if there's an Asian guy in a commercial, I'm just like, but I'm um, stealing it. I'm stealing yeah, it. <laughs> you gotta do it. My West coast friend taught me that. So anyways, um, okay. going back to what, why was, what, why was saying also, it's like the, the roles just don't exist until they're written. Right. So if you're an Asian actor, you're going out there nine times out of 10, you're auditioning for a role that some white guy in Hollywood wrote and he's writing the story of a white male character and trying to become a better white male character. And like any Asians in that show or movie are gonna just be like secondary tertiary characters, like, you know, the 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 the, the hacker, the uh, doctor, like all the things we've gone in for many, many times, uh, all the things that I've auditioned for that I never gotten that my parents want me to actually be. Um, but then like a movie like this comes along where um, they're, like all the characters are like their race has nothing to do with it in a lot of it, you know? So it's like, these are gangsters and yes, like the, the, the ethnicity informs the world and the story and everything, but like, that's not what these characters are. The characters are like nuanced and have motivations of their own and have like relationships off each other that are very specific that are informed by the race, but it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm a hacker on a TV show where I'm just like, I'm good at computers. I'm in guy, you know, like, and I think, a lot of that comes back to the writing and the directing, uh, the, like Angela and Stacey creating this world and these characters that is like a playground that allows us as actors to be like, oh, great. You know, to Michael's point, it's like, I don't have to like code switch to like being like a good presenting Asian on this set of like white people or whatever, you know, not, not that I really do that, that that often, but like, I, it's a feeling that is real, you know? And um, on this set, I felt very comfortable, you know, like I think, I think for a lot of people who have seen the movie and who are working on it, the reason, one of the reasons it was, it was had such a great grip was because it's very emotionally true. I think specifically to being Chinese, like this, the, the grandma character, I think is a very like uh, relatable Asian matriarch character, you know, where she's, she doesn't have like the traditional American love language of like, I love you hug. It's like food. <laughs> Food is a love language and you get it like once, you know what I mean? And like anybody who was raised with that is like, yep, that's emotionally true. And I feel that and it's resonated. And it's like, it doesn't have to be explained or spoon fed. It's like, I just get it. And that's like part of what I think makes this movie so special. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was gonna but, say, uh, I mean, oh. I think that Angela feels the same way, but when we're writing, yeah. So, I mean, I. I love that you guys are saying that definitely about all the Asian roles, but I hope that like, no matter what I write or we write together, 
in the future that it's always that way. Cause I've always felt that way about women too. Like, I don't want to write a woman who's just like the girlfriend or like the wife or the mother, because I think like everybody, like every character that is in a story or a movie, like just like every person that you see on the street has this whole other side to them. And my favorite directors and filmmakers, you know, even like with the extras that they cast and the people that they pick, you feel like there's a whole story behind that person. They're never, they never feel like just a stock character. Oh, here's the like, you know, the computer guy and here's like the girlfriend and and the, the goofy neighbor you know it, it's nice when it feels like a real person um and so I, I hope that we do that no matter what kinds of stories we're doing um can we backtrack and talk a little bit more about um uh casting specifically the role of big pong because um <laughs> i remember when you were casting for this because i saw casting Sorry. calls i saw casting calls for it go out and it was- um, No, I think we try to find people on your blog, Phil. Yeah, no, no, I remember because it was more or less like, we're looking for a really giant Chinese guy. Like, I mean, like, it just felt like <laughs> yeah. we want a Chinese, I think it was something like Chinese under the giant. So can you talk about yeah. like, how you eventually found your actor? What was it that, because um, in my mind, he, he actually doesn't look like the guy I thought when I saw the casting call. I was actually thinking a literal Andre the giant, so. Can you talk about actually getting your actor? Oh, really? Because I feel like Corey is pretty close to our imagination of what Big Pong was going to be like. Right, Angela? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely I mean, when... We... Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, this isn't really... This is sort of only a little bit related to casting, which is that when we when we found out that we were going to make the movie, I, I remember looking at Stacey being like, oh, oh, we have to find Big Pong. Like we had written this guy that we weren't sure actually existed. And so we're like, oh, now we have to find this person that we made up who also has to be a good actor. Like that, <laughs> that was very daunting. So I'll let you tell the story, Stacey, but I just wanted oh. to interject. Yeah, no, it was uh, probably the biggest challenge, like even harder than finding grandma, really. I mean, and we were, so we were looking all over the place, all over North America. We were looking in Asia. Um, we were putting out notices looking for wrestlers, basketball players. I mean, you name it, like stunt guys. Um, but yeah, it was like trying to find somebody who kind of fit, but who also could act. Um, and we really just got lucky. We, <laughs> it was really pure luck. Our script supervisor um, Yaya is, uh, from Taiwan and she knew that we had not cast the role yet. Like Big Pong was like one of the last ones we were still looking and, um, she knew about this guy. So Corey Ha is like a personality. He was a basketball player in Taiwan. And then he, uh, has his, he has like a food show. He's been in some sitcoms. He's like a person who would be like on Ellen in the States basically. Um, so she knew about him. I had, we had never heard of him. Even Angela, I think, whose family's from Taiwan had never heard of him. Um, but we basically stalked him online and finally got in touch with like his manager. Although I think his manager didn't answer. I think we eventually got in touch with his sister. <laughs> we like used the Asian network of like that operates on like WeChat and WhatsApp to like try to track him down <laughs> um, and finally found him. Uh, and he sent the most adorable audition video I have ever seen where he like stands in front of a door. He's in this like audition room, it's very plain. Stands up in front of a door and says that in the script, it says Big Pong is as big as a door. So I'm perfect. 
role. And I was like, yeah. He is perfect. <laughs> yeah, he is perfect. And it's very clear from the beginning, his spirit is very close to Big Pong in a way. He's such a nice guy. He's so sweet and also has a large baby. <laughs> um, can you talk about, uh... okay, I have, no, I have a question for <laughs> Michael. Um, and there's a specific moment in this in this in the movie. Um, so ideally, you would want to watch it with an audience, and I did get to, I did have a I was lucky to see it with an audience at the Los Angeles Asian Film Festival last year. Um, and there's a scene where uh, the audience reacts, and it was audibly like <gasps> like everyone gasped. Um, and I, I I bet you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's a Are scene we- with a knife. Yeah, are right. we doing a no spoiler version? <laughs> is this the no spoiler version? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I was operating on the assumption that people who were tuning in had watched it now, and this was like a yeah. Um, I think so. I think people have watched it. <laughs> um, but can I just ask about that? Because actually, I realize now it's an editing trick because I haven't watched it like three times now. Um, but it, it it it. I mean, it was like Louis Bunuel star like like type of horror right there. Um, can you talk about? can we just say it like the the knife moment uh and what what were your specific instructions and like this is it's so weird for me because i know i've like i've hung out with mike i've met your daughter like he's a totally normal model mentor guy not a psychopath like in the movie so it's so (laughs) acting phil acting yeah yeah. (laughs) mike could you talk about that he's a secret (laughs) psycho (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why that the role is so fun to play because because uh, Will Hansen's definitely uh, you know he's got a few screws loose and him and his partner Pockmark Woody uh, you know we're 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 not the uh, we're not the brightest bulbs in the uh, in, in the gangs you know or or necessarily the um, the highest level we're kind of on the low level run and so you know part I play the the muscle you know and uh and part of my muscle is uh I you know when I get angry I, I don't I don't I don't feel stuff you know and I could use a knife and I don't know cut different places of me and and uh and you know still don't get hurt you know and that was my my intimidation factor with side but that was actually our first day I think it was our first day on set so all of a sudden I hadn't met side then I think and that was the first time meeting her at that on during that scene. So at the same time, while I'm trying to be intimidating in character to Sai, it was actually in real life was vice versa. Like, and she like, you know, she plays tough back to me, you know, in, in the scene and, and in real life, I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, but, but I'm like, all right, I gotta say, I gotta say character, I gotta say character. But uh, yeah, that was a little, that was a fun scene. And we had a, we had a second, a second uh, uh, knife technical thing um, later on in the movie too. So that it was a, it was a cool, uh, cool, cool character. Um, can you talk about actually? That reminds me. There is like a decent amount of like action in the mm-hmm. in the movie for like an indie film. There's like bullets flying or what looks like bullets flying. Can you talk a little bit about directing action, action scenes? Because uh, it's this isn't this is an indie movie, and you're not you know like I, I I'm actually quite impressed with some of the stuff you pulled off. Thanks. Um, well, uh, yeah, there was a lot of, let's see, naive optimism going into the filming of this movie. We didn't really quite have enough money uh, to do these things, but I didn't know that at the time. So I just went ahead and did it. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, it's just like a lot of careful planning and uh, trying to storyboard things so that uh, to make it cheaper, I guess, like really um, trying to make choices before we filmed because uh, each one of those bullets and each one of those explosions cost money <laughs> um, and takes forever. Uh, filming action scenes is actually like kind of, I don't know if I would say boring, but it's very, um, it's, it's slow. It's a very slow moving uh, process. Um, yeah, but we had a great uh, stunt coordinator on the movie who was really wonderful. Um, yeah, he was really great. And um, everybody was really game, game to try stuff, um, except for Sai, who <laughs> had a stunt double. Um, and yeah, some of the stuff we modified for her, uh, one of the first things she told me was, uh, she doesn't run, she will not run, she will only walk. So. Uh, we had to rewrite the chase scene to be a, a walk scene instead of a chase. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, and I so I storyboarded some of the stuff around um, around that. But, you know, in a way, maybe it made it better because it made it more true to what an 80 year old would actually be like physically. Right. Uh, she also liked to tell me I didn't know anything about being old. So <laughs> I, I learned I learned about being old. Uh, by all the things that she couldn't do. And so <laughs> we just found our way around that. Um, I, so all of you got to work with Sai Chin. You all had scenes with Sai Chin. I was, since he's not here, I was wondering if all of you guys could go around, everybody could go around and talk about uh, working with her individually and what is like, what's, what was like the best thing, most challenging thing or something that stands out. Because uh, she really, like you said earlier, Stacey, I really hope she does get a lot of notice for this because she deserves it. I mean, she's pretty incredible, you know, um, her whole career, but like in this, you really created something for her to shine. So maybe everybody could go around and, I don't know, talk about Sai. This is the Sai Chin love hour, I guess. Where is Sai, by the way? <laughs> she's, she's in her apartment alone because of COVID and doesn't really do computers. She does uh, email on phone on her phone, phone, but Zoom was like too much for her <laughs> technology wise. <laughs> it's almost um, a bit too much for me. <laughs> sounds, I mean, it's, it sounds like grandma, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's true to form. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't want to send anyone, you know, into her apartment uh, to help her at this point. Yeah. Clem, you had a cool scene with her. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I had a very cool scene with her. Um, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. Um, you know, I was, this is, you know, this is a legend that I'm gonna work with. Um, she was a little bit uh, removed in the beginning, <laughs> should I say. Um, so I, you know, I try to make small <laughs> talk with her. I, I bet she, in her mind, she's probably saying, who the hell is this guy, you know? Um, so we ran some lines. Um, she wasn't too enthusiastic to work with me in, in the beginning, but we did the, our rehearsals um, and I could feel that she was slowly um, uh, warming up. And at one point I said, Sai, I want to take a picture of you before the day is over. She said, like this? I'm not going to take any picture with my, with this, with no makeup on. So, <laughs> yeah, so I had to wait till later which, but later, you know, I, I thought, you know, it wouldn't be cool to pursue that, all right? So we were changing, you know, I, I changed back to my own clothes and I was about to leave. She came up to me and said, 
I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for my picture. So I did have my picture taken. And she even said, you're a very good actor. So I would never forget that. <laughs> so that's my experience with Thai. And of course, I watched her from um, Joy Luck Club. I, in fact, it, it probably is one of the first DVD I owned, Joy Luck Club. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it was quite amazing uh, being with with Sai on set. It was like a, it felt like a, a masterclass in acting. You know, every time I got a chance to to work with her, and her stories off off screen were amazing. Uh, you know, I, I always I talk about uh, Hollywood on, on Netflix and how that talks about you know Hollywood in the in the heyday. And, but this hearing the stories from her, these are direct. You know, she's she's worked with Ingrid Bergman and Sean Connery and Donald Sutherland and all these. And she does. She has a, a really good memory, and she and she, uh, she has these uh, these crazy type of stories that I wouldn't be thinking would come out from a eighty five year old. But uh, <laughs> they are they are quite amusing. <laughs> uh, who wants to? <laughs> Well, I only had a very, very short day. You want to go ahead, Clem? Go ahead. No, no, no. I said you go ahead. Why? Oh, okay. <laughs> I only had a very short scene with her. Couple of scenes, but they were all shot in one one day or one mm-hmm. one evening, I believe. Um, well, she is as 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 uh, Clem said, a kind of a legend, and I was like. Slightly in awe, you know, she could be a diva, she could not be. <laughs> but uh, luckily, I have a mutual friend who is a very good friend of hers that she did a stage show with, Liana Pei. And I mentioned, and she was immediately very happy to hear that. And they said they had dinner together. And, and so that broke the ice. And um, as I said, the scene that I had to done with her which was very very fast and very short and I was speaking in Cantonese and she was speaking in Mandarin so as the Chinese would say the chicken was talking to the duck but we talked very well we understood each other very well and 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 that's major and I had a great time with her at the um the screening, the party after the screening. And I, I was really surprised because prior to, to doing the, the movie, I did a, a play along Henry the Six, and I kind of briefly mentioned it. And she had me sit down and write down all the roles. And we had to play multiple roles, cross-gender and all that. So I had to write down all the roles. I was very touched that she actually remembered what I said and and was kind enough to to have me write a list on this napkin. I'm sure the napkin's gone <laughs> before she got home. <laughs> I was touched. Let me put it this way. Yeah, I I, I noticed that you were speaking Cantonese in that scene, yeah. and she was speaking Mandarin. Now it threw me off, and I was like, is I was like, what's the? I think it was very that? realistic because actually it's totally believable mm. that. You know, Cantonese-speaking people would communicate with with Mandarin-speaking people. I mean, I could speak Mandarin, but Angela somehow really liked it. She <laughs> she likes the fact that I was speaking in in Cantonese, and we could actually communicate. Yeah, it is possible. Yeah, I want to talk about the language thing really quickly, just because I don't think we've talked about it in any of the Q and A's yet. But it was like a big uh, discussion that Angela and I had ongoing 
because you know, you know, the New York Chinatown, well, it's a complicated place, but, but originally like the core New York Chinatown is Cantonese speakers. And now there's, you know, plenty of Mandarin speakers and uh, Fukunese speakers and stuff. Um, but the old school, the people who would have been grandma's generation would have been Cantonese. And, and so originally when we were imagining the role, I always imagined grandma as a Cantonese speaker, but then, you know, you know, Sai is just grandma. And so I had to cast Sai. And so, you know, we had to write this new backstory for grandma a little bit. You know, we wrote like a bio for her about how a Mandarin speaker would have come and, and all of this stuff and how her husband actually would have been a Cantonese speaker. So she would have understood and all of the things. And, you know, when we were casting everybody else, it was a big discussion because, you know, we just really wanted the best actors. That's, that's really what we wanted. We just wanted the best actors. And so we kind of cast for that, even though originally we had wanted to be like very authentic and have maybe one gang be purely Cantonese speakers and another gang, you know, Mandarin speakers or something. But, you know, it kind of went out the window for artistic license a little bit. And actually the whole Mandarin Cantonese thing in the same scene was something that Angela and I asked our moms about because we weren't sure. <laughs> that was like okay Angela do you want to yeah 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 I I I, rem I remember my mom having friends who spoke Cantonese and them getting along kind of she could sort of understand Cantonese and they definitely returned her questions in Cantonese and so I seem to recall that but I wanted to just make sure and so we um we did a lot I did a lot of asking my mom things yeah. Um, to verify last minute and last minute script changes too was very much like, okay, I'm going to just call my translator, which is actually my mom to just, you know, just fill in some of the details to make sure, but it was still really tough since my mom is actually Taiwanese. And so she would translate something very like in Mandarin, very particular to Taiwanese, like phrase mm -hmm. phrasing. And so somebody from the mainland would be like, I don't, what is this word? Like, I don't really use this word. I have no idea what this means. And so there was a, a fair amount of like, would they use this term and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And there was a lot of wrestling with that throughout the um, entire writing uh, portion, but also on set as well. Yeah. And even when we were screening the movie, you know, while we were still doing rough cuts and stuff, you know, sometimes we would get comments only from the Chinese audience, never from anybody else about all of the different accents, because, you know, it's really like a diaspora that's in the movie. Like everybody is kind of from ev everywhere. Um, the mainlanders really liked your accent, Yan, in particular. They said that your Mandarin was beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I, felt like I, must I, made speaker, I hope it's... <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, ass. Yeah, you there's know, some pretty snobby people about, about yeah, but basically upholding Yans as the perfect right. Mandarin accent, you know? So yeah. You know, uh, we figured that's really what the United States is like, right? Like everybody's from everywhere and yes. speak different dialects and with different accents, right? Everybody's Chinese, everybody's Chinese. The, the United States, everybody's Chinese. Uh, um, I, I wanted to let Woody and Yan uh, tell their side stories if they have any. You, you, can do you guys have anything to share about your scenes with 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 Sai? Um, I have one that's uh, so I had like that first my first scene 
same as Michael, my first day shooting was like that big intimidation scene where it's like basically a monologuing Chinese at her for like five minutes. Um, <laughs> and that was related to what Angela and Stacey are saying about like having our actual moms as like, kind of like uh, language and authenticity filters. Like I had an early version of the script and I was like running all the Chinese by my mom. And my mom basically is lucky grandma. So she was like, no one would ever say this. They wouldn't say it. She like full on, like just started like going through it. And my, they, my mom like has, I have never seen her like react, have any reaction like to my career. You know what I mean? In a classic like Asian mom way. And this was one thing that she really jumped on top of. And she was like, I think it would make more sense if you said it this way. And she would give me like acting notes. She's like, you would pause here so you can really hit this line here. Like she was, I have never seen her more involved. And she was like telling me, and then my dad gets on the phone. So I'm like both of them like chiming in about how I should do the line. And then I called Angela. I'm like, my mom has some ideas about like maybe tweaking some of the language. Is that cool? And Angela was like, yes, do the mom, do the mom version basically. And I was like, okay, great. So um, that was like, the whole thing kind of like brought me and my family closer for that reason because like as an actor they're like we don't understand what a callback is either you make money from it or you don't um <laughs> so like when I was on set I was like super like focused about like making sure the pronunciation was right and like hitting my lines and like uh and it was great being Messiah obviously I mean like as you can see from the movie she's a tremendous like she's such a she's such a great she has so much like acting experience that like, and she's number one on the call sheet. And like, there's so many of like these close-ups of just her face where she's like, you know, and that's like a million things that are better than, than any dialogue. Like she conveys so much with her eyes. And like in that monologue scene, I was getting a lot of that just from her, like, you know, or like from, from just from a look. Um, also after the premiere, the Tribeca premiere, which I took my mom to, she like, she was like, oh, that's Sai. I'm like, yeah, because she knows Sai because uh, Sai's, I think, father was like a famous Pekingese opera guy. Mm -hmm. Is that right, Angela? Yeah. And um, she was like, oh, and like, she like perked up, like she's, she's bona fide, like she's got creds. Um, <laughs> so then my mom, like afterwards, I like, went up to Sai and was like, that was very good, which from my mom is like a grand slam, like out the park. Like that's, you're not getting a higher compliment than that. Yeah, you want to talk oh, about being yeah. in a sauna with Sai Chin? <laughs> yes, actually, that's the funny part. It was not a sauna. It was like a, a built room. It was this, not abandoned, but like a, it was an old bank. It was like a TD bank or something. And it was like a late October, early November. It was really cold and there was no heat. So it supposedly <laughs> built in this like warm sauna. And then I'm in like a nice robe and she's supposed in this bathing suit she was cold she was very grumpy actually that day <laughs> and then and Stacey was right like she constantly reminded her she's like you know I'm 85 years old like and then she tells she's like I'm cold and and that's why like I, I think one of the funniest things is um that she said her feet was cold that she insists on wearing those black socks <laughs> I remember this negotiation with Daisy you say like nobody wears socks in the sauna she's like I do I'm 85 years and so the socks was, uh, remained in the scene. It's actually really funny, funny. watching her climbing off this, uh, uh, the sauna like step uh, with those black mm -hmm. socks on. And and when we first met, and she said she Googled me, and that was kind of scary. I was like, she Googled me? What? Um, and then we talk about where I was from, like Harbin is really cold and stuff. And I always feel like she is like, I feel like she's the Asian Betty White, you know, like her career takes off 
later in life, kind of like it. And she, um, even though her career lasted all these decades, I, I'm not sure if she ever had a leading, leading role. Yeah, nah. I don't think in the, film, in maybe yeah, theater, theater for sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, right. I don't think she ever had a leading role in a feature film. So, you know, and then here she is, 85, and she gets her, like, her big break, right? Like, you know, leading lady. And that's amazing. Um, I just want to add something about language yeah. again, uh, if I may. Um, I'm a native Cantonese speaker. So when I talk to Stacey, yeah, so is why. Um, <laughs> when I talk to Stacey, I said, can I speak Cantonese with, with Sai? She said, no, it's either Zai learning Cantonese to speak with me in the scene, or I speak, I learn Mandarin to speak with Zai. Well, guess who wins? <laughs> um, so I had to learn Mandarin, and guess who I got as my teacher? Right there, that lady in red. Ah. Yes, Yan. Yan was my mentor. She taught me the Mandarin. So, and, and just today I, I was telling her, I couldn't bear to watch my scene. I couldn't bear to hear my Mandarin with the accent. And she said, she was kind enough to say, no, it sounds even funnier. It sounds more realistic. You know, <laughs> it's try, true. It is. Learn, because you know, the, we have a because lot the of Southern Chinese speaks, you know, Mandarin, Mandarin. in her sing song kind of twine. And that's yeah. what I was true. like, that made the part so much funnier. But that is Chinatown. I was not being kind. Yeah. It's just, I'm just being speaking. You're right, Why? That is Chinatown. That is Chinatown. Yeah. yeah. Reminds me. It's trying to Very realistic. And that was me. Yeah, it reminds me of home. So it would have been me. I love the way it sounds. <laughs> Clem, the reason we asked you guys to speak the same dialect in that scene is because you guys had a love connection. So we kind yeah. of yes. that one. You know, yeah. you it, it, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, you know, with Cantonese and Mandarin. You know, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I agree with you. So I hope the all the Mandarin uh, speaking audience would get, would cut me some slack. <laughs> Sounded okay to me. I, I do I do love the look on Sai's face when you grab her hand and put it on your chest. It's, it's marvelous. <laughs> My turtle heart. Um, so we're kind of nearing. I think we only have we have an hour on this thing, right? I I, I wanted to. Uh, we're kind of nearing the end of the hour, so I wanted to let uh, Stacey and Angela talk about a little bit about. Um, Kind of like, you know, the, the movie is not coming out in the most ideal situation, but I think, you know, like, I think if this movie, people see it, it will find its audience because it's, it's pretty marvelous. I don't know. What can you talk about? What can you say about sort of the uh, reactions to the film that you've heard so far? And you want to share anything that's been kind of like cool or interesting about now that now that it's in front of eyeballs? Like, uh, yeah. what are you feeling? Angela, you want to start? You start. Yeah, I mean, I might have to come in, like I can't, I, I don't think I can organize everything just yet, but I'm I'm getting just overwhelming amount of just messages from people from the past, but also um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, and there's actually quite a big Chinese community there. And that community is so deeply proud and so excited about the movie. Um, and from what I understand, the Houston um, Chinese Community Center uh, bought like 50 tickets to and uh, sort of sponsored senior citizens to watch the movie. Um, there's been, I think that people are just 
so happy to see themselves on screen in a many in many ways. Um, so yeah, I'm just getting so many wonderful messages of support and um, and also just like random text messages from people that I haven't spoken to in years, being like, "I saw your movie. I loved it so much." You know. Yeah, very much the same thing. I mean, so many of the things that tickled me. We've gotten some fan art, like yes. people yeah. drawing grandma, which kind of made me so happy that she's like iconic or inspiring other people to make things and like little videos and, and things that's like legit. that. If, if yeah. people are making fan art, then that's legit, right? Yeah, so that's sort of like the thing that made me super happy. And obviously just like seeing everybody's work get out there finally and, and getting the attention I think that it deserves. Cause you know, this is a small indie movie. Nobody did this for the money. It's like very much, you know, a labor of love and so much hard work. So it's just that it's out there in the world. Yeah. I, I want to say, oh, go ahead. No, 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 sorry, Sace, I'm interrupting you, go ahead. Um, but I got the best review today. So my mom is like Woody's mom. <laughs> who is sparing with praise would be the way to describe it. So when she first saw the movie, she told me, and this on a poster, and I have it on video, her reaction was, it was better than I thought. <laughs> that was her reaction to the movie. Watched it three, three more times. And she told me, okay, so now that she's watched it all these times, she told me, good job. That was Today. And Angela, I want her to, I want you to know that she also was very complimentary of the calligraphy at the beginning of the movie and wanted to know who did it. <laughs> yes, the calligraphy is from an uncle who's obviously not related um, in Houston, who is not an official calligraphy artist, but everybody just like word on the street is that he has beautiful handwriting and he's <laughs> the one who did the final calligraphy for the um for the fortune telling in the beginning. So yes, I'm so glad. I will pass that message on to him. Yeah, I think he'd be very message. flattered. Yeah. This, I think he gets a credit in the, in the he's named in the credits, right? I, I thought I saw a calligraphy mentioned in the credits. Am I correct? Yes. Oh yes. yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Um, so we're kind of nearing the end. Does anybody have any last thoughts or maybe Stacey, you want to talk about- um, Welcome to Chinatown maybe? Yeah, I, I, yeah, welcome to Chinatown, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the movie has partnered with this nonprofit called Welcome to Chinatown. They're really great. Uh, they kind of started out like grassroots, like so many other things when COVID-19 started. Um, just seeing like Chinatown hurting, you know, it's definitely like many small businesses been impacted, but also maybe especially so because of some of the xenophobia uh, that has accompanied the pandemic and, you know, uh, we just wanted to give back to the community that was so welcome to, welcoming to us when we were filming. And so part of the proceeds from the film um, are going to support Welcome to Chinatown. They're doing small business grants, um, small business support, like um, help with loan applications, translation work, all kinds of great stuff. Um, so check it out. They're called WelcomeToChinatown.com and they're great, great ladies. Does anybody else have any final thoughts about lucky grandma uh, i wanted to say something which is that like to me what what the one of the legacies that i hope this movie can do it can leave behind is that like change is gradual right generational it takes many many years and i think everything that is made needs to have been made 
because something before it was made, right? So like I was talking about this on another Q&A with Michael. It's like, I don't think this movie would have had a chance of being made unless Crazy Rich Asians came out first, right? To raise that awareness and like, oh, this is, oh, Asian people have money and will buy tickets, <laughs> crazy. But like, and now that this movie is made, which is like a much more, I think, nuanced, smart and like sophisticated uh, story with characters that are very rich and detailed. Like I, my hope is that like, the thing that comes after this can be even more like next level. You know, like I think, I think, and I think this movie is, I, I'm really happy that I was got to be a part of this movie because it's, I think it's like such a special, weird, funny, dark, like gem, you know, like it's very idiosyncratic. And, and I think that a lot of that comes down to the writing and the way it's directed and also the casting. Like it's, it's such a weird specific, but like, uh, like very emotionally true story, I think. Hey, yay to say see you and Angela. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you for being oh, in our thank movie. Thank you everybody. Yeah. Bye-bye. So yeah. nice to see you all. Yes. The, so for everybody watching, the movie is Lucky Grandma. It's, we've have it's all over the place right here on screen, but uh uh you know people would ask me how do I watch the movie actually if if, oh, if yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> real I, if people are watching this and they haven't watched the movie and they're just tuning in and jumping on this 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 Zoom thing, I mean uh how can people watch the movie? <laughs> Maybe leave it with that. Okay. Angela, do you think you can give a clearer explanation than I can? <laughs> well, the best thing to do is actually to go to the Good Deed Entertainment website because they're, you, Lucky Grandma, the, the movie is at the very top. And if you click on that, it'll actually um, have a page that takes you to all the tickets that are available. And each, um, each ticket, like, all the theaters, all the virtual theaters that are participating are listed and you just simply have to pick on which theater you want to support. And mm -hmm. then you just participate by clicking on purchase tickets and then you will be able to watch it in the comforts of your living room. Yes. So even so though- drive-ins as well. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. So even though it's streaming, it's supporting a specific physical theater in the world. So it's all those indie and art house theaters that really keep film culture alive across the United States. So like here in New York, it's our Angelica, you know, it's the Alamo Draft House, it's, you know, um, the film societies in different places, et cetera. And all of those places are closed right now because of COVID and don't have any revenue coming in. So if you want to keep your local theater alive, yeah, please watch Lucky Grandma or, yeah. It's oh, can I just add, when you get to the ticket page? Com. Good deed. Yes, good deed entertainment.com. Let's make that clear. Yes. Thank you. And okay. slash lucky grandma. But you have uh, to, when scroll, you get to the, side, the first one scroll like, up to see the list of theaters because that's where people get right. confused. Because if right. you click on tickets and it take you to this little blurb about explaining, you're like, where are the tickets? Right. So it's, you have to scroll up to keep going. and then you see the theaters. That's where people get lost a little that's bit. That's right. So if that's that right. little blurb, if they can add a little, you know, scroll up to see the list of theaters you want to you could purchase tickets from. So all the grandmas out there, you got to ask your kids how to, how to, yeah. how to navigate this. Yeah. This is good. You Make know, your kids this, do it. This will right. confuse people, but you can do it. You can you ask my grandkid to do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to thank, uh, I want to thank you guys for letting me uh, sit on, in on this chat and for, uh, and for good deed and like the whole lucky grandma team for getting me involved and uh, congratulations. It's an awesome, wonderful movie.
Thank, Thank you for hosting, Phil. Phil. Thank you, Phil. Uh, yeah. I cannot make that sign. I, I, I can't do it. I, Asian pride. I'm gonna <laughs> not do it. Do for, I'm gonna not do it for fear that I might do something totally. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I think that's smart. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that I guess that concludes the the Q and A. Thanks for watching, everybody. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.